0: One of the things that we do at Calvary is uh, once every few months we have a guest speaker, uh, someone that is not Pastor Ben or I, uh, come and and, um, preach to us. And we are doing that this morning. Uh, We are honored to have Pastor Jesse Davis with us. Pastor Jesse is going to be the uh, Washington campus Great Oaks pastor. And so we're glad to have a chance to have him share with us and for us to get to know him a little bit. Uh, Jesse is from Abilene, Texas, so um, he came just before the winter. So this has been quite the experience for him so far. Um, It is not usually still going uh, below freezing in April, but that is the Midwest, I suppose. Um, Jesse has been in ministry for 16 years, um, which is just a tremendous thing. And I hope that you'll—I know that you'll hear from him the way that I have, just an incredible heart uh, for the Lord and for the lost. And it is our absolute blessing that he's here to share with us today. So Pastor, at this point, I'll read the passage he has for us today. Please stand for the reading of scripture. John 5, 1 through 15. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. You may be seated.
1: Thanks so much for having me here. I'm excited to be here with you this morning. Uh, As Pastor Clayton said, I'm Jesse Davis. I'm with Great Oaks uh, Community Church in Germantown Hills, but I'm the Washington campus pastor for our Washington campus that's going to be launching this fall. So uh, excited, excited to be a part of what God is doing, excited to be here uh, just with you this morning. But that's Really enough about me. I'm more excited about God's Word and to jump right into that. Um, so if you would, we, we're in John chapter 5, um, just like we just read, but, but if you would just take a moment and, and pray with me. here. You can hold your Bible in front of you there. Uh, nothing magical is going to happen. I'm just going to ask God that He would be gracious to us, that He would give us eyes to see and ears to hear this morning. Uh, so Father in Heaven, that is... That's exactly um, what I ask for. That's exactly what we need. That you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear your truth. God, I thank you uh, for the freedom that we have to get together. And so I ask that you would give us grace to make good use of that. I thank you for just the Radical promise that you made us in your word, that when we get together like this, you show up. In some way, you're among us. So would you not let any of us in here miss you this morning, but I ask that for each of us that we would leave this place looking a little more like Jesus than we were whenever we came in. So God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for your persistent goodness to us. Amen. All right, so John chapter 5, we're just gonna jump right in, okay? So I want you to get a, a good idea of what's happening here, all right? So there's this pool called Bethesda, and there's a multitude, in other words, a whole lot of people all around this pool, all right? People with severe conditions and various disabilities. So the scripture is letting us know some of those examples. We've got blind, lamed, paralyzed folks, the hopeless of the hopeless are all gathered around this pool. And the reason they're gathered around this pool is because there's this like superstition and tradition, this idea that every now and then an angel comes down, stirs up the water in this pool. And if you can make it down, if you can be the first one down in the water, then you get to be healed. All right, and so these folks are so desperate, they're just waiting all around this pool, a multitude, dozens upon dozens of them. One of them there is this guy who has been unable to walk for 38 years. So get this picture in your head. All these people standing, laying around this pool. And there's one guy, 38 years it tells us he's there. Desperate, day after day after day, laying on a little mat, laying on his bed, and then Jesus comes along. And, it, and the scripture says that Jesus makes note of this guy and realizes that he's been there for a really long time. And so what that tells us is that it's, it's pretty obvious that this guy has been there, all right? So he's probably ungroomed, shaggy-haired, he probably smells Because he's having to lay in his own filth on this mat, dependent on whoever else may come around, whoever else may be there. Day after day after day after day, 38 years hopeless laying on this mat. And then Jesus comes along. And look at verse 6, all right? So Jesus strolls up, he sees this guy, and look what he has to say. Do you want to be healed? What kind of question is that? Like, really? Like, he's laying here at the pool with all these other people, with all of their conditions. It's obvious he's been here for a long time. And Jesus says, hey, fella, you want to be healed? Seems obvious. Seems, honestly, to me, maybe a little sarcastic. I've got a sarcastic bent to me. Um, I, I can come across that way at times. Like, is Jesus being sarcastic or... Are patronizing to this guy. fella, you want, you want to get better? But fortunately, we, we can look at the whole of Scripture and get a better idea of Jesus' heart, and we know that that's, that's not the case. He's not coming across as sarcastic or mean or cruel to those that are hurting. There's times when he does that with church folks, uh, so we got to be ready for that. But, it, but that's not the case here. You see, Jesus is after something deeper. He's looking at this man's heart. He wants to know something because Jesus knows something. Jesus knows something that a lot of us can be unaware of. And that's that you can suffer for so long. You can go hopeless for so long that you find a place of comfort there. That if you have ever Worked with folks that have had chronic illnesses or severe disabilities, that you can get to a point that it's so hopeless, you just accept it and you find a place of comfort in that spot. So, 38 years laying here, it's probable that this guy's not seeing any hope for a future, that he's just accepted. That this is my lot in life. This is where I'm at. I'm just going to be stuck. I'm just going to be hopeless. I can't see beyond where I'm at and what has been going on, what's been happening day after day after day. There's this strange comfort that can come in times of long suffering. But you know what? That, that same thing can happen to us, too. We can grow comfortable in these things that that at one time we really just hated. We grow comfortable in the middle of our own mess and our own junk. We can be comfortably discontent with the way that things are because that's the way that they have been. And we just accept it. We can't See beyond that. And that's what Jesus is getting at with this guy. Do you want to be healed? And Jesus would ask us the same question. Do you want to be healed? Do you want something different? Do you want to be set free? Or do you want to continue in that, the way that it's been, just staying there, in that place? Do you want it? Do you want it more? And are, are you willing to embrace that more than the discomfort of the unknown? The fear that's with the unknown and the uncertain and what may be there. Does that keep you in that place? So Jesus says, Do you want to be healed? Do you really want to be healed? And notice what the what the man says here in verse 7. He says, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water's stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down in front of me. He's saying, I really want to be healed. I, I really do want it. I'm tired of being here. I'm tired of laying on this filthy bed. Day after day, I want it. I want it, but I can't do it. It's so far beyond me. I can't walk. I can't move. I'm dependent on anybody else and I can't find somebody to put me in the water. I want it. I want it. Do you want it? Do you want it the same way? That's the heart that Jesus is going after. Do you really want it? Do you really want what He has for you? Or are you just going to be willing to accept that things are the way that they are, and they'll continue to be that way. Do you want to be healed? So this guy responds. And then look at what Jesus has to say. Verse 8 now. Jesus says to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Three commands he gives him here get up, take up your bed, and walk. It's interesting to me that Jesus gives him three commands, okay? Two of these commands make sense to me. So if Jesus would have said, get up and walk, that, that makes sense, okay? But then he's got this little middle command here where he says, take up your bed. Get up, take up your bed and walk. So then that starts my mind wondering a little bit. Why is that even in there? Right? And I think there's there's a couple of possible conclusions, all right? So first reason, reason 1, possibly of why Jesus would say take up your bed is that Jesus hates littering. Right? <laughs> so Jesus is like the first hardcore environmentalist here and he's saying take up that filthy bed and don't leave your trash. Get up, clean up after yourself, and get going, all right? So I'm, I'm from Texas, born and raised in Texas, all right? And in Texas, we have this little saying, a slogan, don't mess with Texas. You ever hear of that before, anybody? It's made its reach a 1,000 miles up here, all right? Don't mess with Texas. A lot of people have this bad idea, and they think it's like an attitude kind of issue, like I'm, I'm ready for a fight, um, and that might be the case, all right? People in Texas are, are just different, all right? But really, what that is is that was a, a littering campaign, anti littering campaign. So I can remember all growing up on trash cans, on billboards, on commercials, on the radio don't mess with Texas, don't mess with Texas. And it was just this reminder pick up your trash, don't litter on the roadways of Texas, don't mess with Texas, clean up after. Yourself, So maybe here Jesus is saying, like, don't mess with Bethesda. Pick up after yourself, right? Um, but I don't think that's the case. I think Jesus definitely cares about the environment. Okay? He created it. He made it all, and he made it all for himself. So that's important to him. But I think there's something bigger here that he's going for whenever he tells this man, take up your bed. You see, this guy's bed or his mat is this guy's story. His testimony. Where he was for 38 years on this filthy mat. And Jesus said, take that thing with you and go. Because that's your story. And so this guy can go and he can say, look, this is where I was. See these stains on this bed? This is where I was for 38 years. Look at this, but look at me now. Look at what God has done. I'm not stuck here anymore because there's power in that testimony. There's power in what God has done. And can you imagine the millions of people that this guy's story has impacted? I mean, we're still talking about it today. Like it's had some serious reach. But imagine this, this guy's sharing this story. Like, how many people came to a place of knowing Jesus because they took that bed? He said, this is where I was. There's power in that. There's power in that for him sharing with a lost world. There's also power in that for the man himself. So, that first time that guy started getting tired from walking because that hadn't ever happened before, he can look at that bed and remember, I was there. Thank you, Jesus, that I can be tired now. Whenever the next obstacle in life comes about, he can look at that bed and go, This is where I was, and this is what God has done to fuel his soul to encourage himself, to look at that disgusting thing and say, remember self, what God did. And you and I have a bed. You have a mat. You have a story. God has done something in you. If you are a Jesus follower, you have a bed and a mat of your own and that story has got power. The Scriptures say in Revelation that that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. There's power in your story. There's power that God wants to use to glorify Himself, to reach people, and to remind you for your ultimate joy of what He's done. You would do well to take some time today, this morning, and reflect on your own story. I remember mine. I was angry, mad, mad at God, mad at God from 10 years old when I had a brother die, angry, full of rage. And then God stepped in, and he grabbed a hold of me, and he gave me a new heart, in a new mind, and He made me part of His family. And if you're a Jesus follower, He's done that for you. And if you're not, He's offered it to you. That you have a story, a powerful story that can bring life change. And as a church body, Calvary, you you have a story, you have a testimony, You have a rich history and legacy of what God has done through years and years of faithful men and women. So hear me. As another pastor in this community, I want Calvary, I want every church in Washington to thrive as we step out and reach more people with the gospel for God's glory, for the benefit and joy of our community. So I want to encourage you, start using your story. Start sharing it. I love this morning you guys had some testimony time and, and going around and sharing that. We should be quick to share in those times. And we should be quick to share outside of those times. You have a story. Reflect on it. Remember what God has done. And so Jesus sees a guy. says, you want to be healed? Get up. Take up your mat and go. And he heals him. But that's not all of the story here. So look down at verse 9. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath, so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath, and it's not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. And they asked him, who is the man who said that to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed didn't know that it was Jesus, for he had withdrawn, and there was a crowd in that place. All right, so this guy does exactly what Jesus tells him to do. He gets up, he takes up his bed, and he starts walking. And here's what I can imagine in my mind is that as he gets up for the first time and he picks up this bed and then he takes this step. And then he takes another step. And then he keeps walking. And he keeps walking and he just can't believe what's happening. And so he's getting excited. And so maybe he's starting to run a little bit because he's never run. It's been 38 years laying down. And so he's excited so he can walk and he can run. And then, then maybe he can jump a little bit. And so then he starts jumping and he's shouting and he's excited and he's saying, look where I was, I was laying down on this bed and look what God has done, look at me, I'm walking, I'm moving, I'm running and he's screaming and he's hollering and he's telling everybody what's happening because he's sharing about his bed and sharing his story, his testimony here and he's so excited and then who does he see? He runs into the religious people, church folk, that's who he finds, church folk. It's interesting and it's frustrating and it's scary to me that it's the church people who find themselves opposed to what God has done. It's scary to me as a pastor to think that I'm no better and that I could not be far off from doing the same thing. And it's scary and heartbreaking to me to think that other Christians and people that I love can fall into the same pattern. That so often we want to put God in our little comfortable box and that we would come against anything that he may be doing that would look any different. Anything outside of our strict rules we're going to look down on or scold. So often we, we major in the minors and we totally miss what God's doing. And we totally miss out on being a part of what he's doing. And we totally quench works that he's doing in someone else. So this guy's getting grilled by the church folks. Who did this? Who healed you? Don't you know this is the Sabbath? And the enemy loves to distract and divide God's people. And this guy, I'm sure, he's just got the wind taken out of his sails. Probably getting discouraged. But fortunately, it doesn't stop there. This guy runs into Jesus again. Actually, Jesus goes and finds him. So maybe in that moment, Jesus knew that he was discouraged and beat down through some of this. Look now at verse 14. Here's this man's last encounter and interaction here with Jesus. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. So he reminds him. You guys, beat down, discouraged. No, 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 no. Look, 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 you are well. Remember, remember what I've done. See, you're well. And then this question comes to mind for me. And the question is would this guy have been healed if he wouldn't have gotten up, taken up his mat, and walked? And this invitation that Jesus gave him, would he have been healed if that wouldn't have happened? And Jesus is reminding him, see that you are. But as I think about that question, there's another question, I think a better question that comes to my mind, and it's this would that man have ever known he was healed if he wouldn't have gotten up, taken up his bed and walked? I mean, who knows? In that moment, maybe Jesus came along and gave that guy healing, restored everything inside of his body. But if he would have laid there, he never would have known. And for many of us, Jesus has given a similar offer. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be set free? And we keep laying in our filth. That sin, that that secret sin that we don't ever want to talk about or bring up or expose that you just wrestle with and you've wrestled with for years and you hate it and it makes you sick with yourself. What if the blood of Jesus covered that? What if Jesus said, get up, just get up from it. I made you whole. Everything you need, God gave you through the work of Christ. That that work was sufficient, it was enough. But we're not going to hear this, see you are well, until we get up, until we start moving. It's incredible what Jesus says to this guy. And it's incredible what he offers to us. You have no idea what God has in store for you until you get up, take up your bed, and start to walk. No idea what God has in store for you personally as an individual. No idea what God has in store for you collectively as a church body to you. Get up, take up your bed, and walk. Walk in the fullness of life that he offers for you. Listen, God is doing a great work among us. And my heart, my heart for you, my heart for my church, my heart for the churches throughout Washington is that we wouldn't miss it. That we would see men, women, children come to know Jesus and then have people walk alongside Him as they take their next steps towards Him looking more and more like Him. And I want to see radical transformation happen in Washington and through central Illinois and to the ends of the earth. And God is just looking for people to be a part. And I want it to be us. I want to be in that. I want that for you. Get up. Take up your bed. Walk. See. See that He's made you well. See that he's got better for you. It may be different, maybe uncomfortable, maybe a stretching in the middle of that. But it's worth it. It's all worth it every time. So if you would just just pray with me, just just where you're at, just kind of in a, a posture, an attitude of prayer. Father in heaven I thank you for your word I thank you for the truth of scripture I thank you for Jesus I thank you for for Easter even though we've, we've we've just had Easter everything we do hinges on Easter because you're alive so I thank you I thank you that the same same offers that you made to this man here at the Pool of Bethesda, you, you make to us. You ask us the same questions. Do we want it? Do we really want it? And if we do, you've given us everything we need to accomplish everything you have for us. So I ask that you would be gracious to us, that you would be near, that you would keep us in your love, that you would keep us in step with your spirit. God, you would be gracious in using us, using our churches to see more and more men and women and children come to know you, to be brought into your family for the sake of your glory and for our ultimate joy. So God, we love you, we praise you. Amen.